Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Iberly. Why do we buy the things that we buy? What is marketing? What is direct marketing? What is personal marketing? Why are we drawn to different products? My guest today is going to answer those questions and many others. He has written a book called Opti Marketing, and we're going to go over why do we buy the things we do and what really is marketing. Today, my guest is Mr. Robin Rosenthal. Robert, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, my pleasure. I appreciate this. Um, you know, let's jump right into it here. Okay. What is, what is marketing? What is someone doing when they say, I am marketing a product? Well, marketing is really the process of making uh, goods and services known to the, uh, to the public, and it takes a, a variety of forms. There are a range of marketing disciplines. You touched on, on some of them. People in marketing will refer to uh, general advertising and, uh, and direct marketing, and then, of course, we have a variety of media, uh, Google, uh, radio advertising, television, direct mail, telemarketing, um, uh, a big uh, bunch of online options. Uh, there are no shortage of, uh, of ways of uh, putting what you've got out there. So really then, if you think about it, we're being marketed at all the time. You, you hit on so many different ones right there, and there are many, many others that break down uh, into an actual marketing type of plan. Uh, so really, again, the average person is 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 hit at all day long mm-hmm. with with different marketing campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, when did we'll say products? When did companies really come to realize that marketing, uh, in conjunction with sales and advertising and so forth, putting together that plan was the thing to do? Yeah, it's an interesting question because I've been doing this my whole adult life and. Uh, and, I, and I've had my own uh, marketing services firm, my own agency, for uh, more than a couple of decades. And early on, we were often making the case for marketing, that you need marketing. That really doesn't happen anymore. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, traditionally in sales, uh, an executive, a, a CEO or a VP of sales will know from history that uh, for a dollar spent on a sales rep, fully loaded, they might get uh, $14 back for every dollar they spend on that rep, and, and that could be quite profitable. And uh, they had uh, a financial case for adding that extra sales rep. Marketing early on didn't uh, close the loop between spending on marketing and revenue from marketing. Therefore, it was a gushy, soft area. Mm. But thanks largely to technology, we're able to track much more of marketing. It's very much an art and science. So in a lot of businesses, you, can't, you certainly cannot track 100% of uh, customers. You can't put them back into, into the, the sources that they came from neatly and cleanly across the board, but you can very often do it in a, in a significant enough percentage of cases to make good decisions on where to spend your money. In other words, 
I'm advertising here, here, and here. And uh, A, alternative A that I'm using it has no pulse. Uh, B, looks promising. C is actually very profitable, and I've spent a little bit of money on C. Therefore, uh, I should be spending considerably more, and uh, I'm going to put more of my budget that way. So that's why you need good information. You, and a lot of marketers, they get it, uh, particularly early on, if they haven't really been doing it much or they're not responsible for the bottom line, They'll think in terms of email opens and clicks on advertising, but it, you know it's really ultimately about um, return on investment. What I get, how much? You know, simple math uh, for the for the spending. What do I get in revenue, and what does that return on investment look like? Okay, so I, I and 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 my audience is they're tuned into me. They know that uh, for my real profession during the day, I do sales and marketing. Business development for an environmental firm. I deal in a lot of different areas. Been mm-hmm. doing it for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. I view marketing, and I know you do as well, but I'm going to break it down, I think, the best way I can mm-hmm. for the average person. Um, I kind of take a military approach to it. Marketing is the plan, the mm-hmm. tactics, the science. There's a lot of science behind marketing, isn't there, Robert? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In fact, there are these amazing. Um, tools that uh, are, uh, are now available for marketers. And I think outside the marketing profession, they're, uh, they're, they're controversial, but I'm, I'm going to describe uh, one of them. You know, you know market automation is, is a big area. So what happens is uh, once you uh, visit a, uh, a website and say you register, now they have a, uh, they have a record of you, uh, from there through the you know, the cookies that uh, uh, are available, they're able to track how you behave uh, in the future on their uh, on their site. So your business, for example, if you're using marketing automation, somebody becomes known, no longer an anonymous visitor. Uh, Let's say that person comes back over the next three months uh, seven times and uh, spends uh, two hours and 40 minutes, and they happen to largely be on these two pages relating to two of your uh, product features. Now, as someone in business development, you know quite a bit about them. And that's very important exactly. because most people these days uh, are doing a lot of research uh, on on companies that they're and products that they're interested in, well before they ever get in touch with a sales rep. So if if you're able as a marketer, if you're able to, and in sales, if you're able to know about that uh, uh, that behavior, uh, you're you're in a much better position uh, to uh, to be very relevant to them. Well, you've got an opportunity, and you're hitting it right on the mark. A lot of times, the marketing studies are done for a product before the product is even out of this, you know, even out of just the conceptional phase of it. There's a lot of money spent on finding out if people need or companies need this specific product, and there's so many different variables that go into it. It really is a science unto itself. What do you say? Yeah, yeah, it, it very much is. Uh, we, uh, 
uh, I've been involved in, in thousands of marketing experiments of different sorts, including what are known as A-B tests. These are scientifically controlled tests. They're actually with a dependent and independent variable, the same sort of thing, really, that is done in clinical trials of, of drugs, where there's a control group and a test group. They use the placebo. So what we're doing is we're setting up, in a lot of cases, a control approach, and that's, say, an, an advertisement that has been used for a while and is very profitable. And the new advertisement uh, is uh, the test approach, and so it's tested in a uh, either a random way, so uh, half the people randomly receive the control ad, half the people receive the test ad, and then you do the math and see which one made more money. And that way, rather than relying on what people think, opinions, biases, that, that sort of thing, you're actually looking at uh, what are known as real-world dollar votes. How, rather than uh, asking people in a room, how would you behave if, if you saw these two, you're, you're seeing how they actually behaved, which is, of course, the best predictor of all. Well, let me ask, then, then, then a good example of this would be the A-B type of uh, testing would be the old Pepsi challenge back in the 80s? <laughs> yeah. That's a good example there? Yeah, for the- <laughs> that's a great example. It actually, uh, what, what happened, and that, yeah, you remember how <laughs> yeah, you incredibly did. compelling that was uh, as, as a television commercial. So they, they, they were quite uh, wily about it, but I think in a very fair way. They went and privately studied initially uh, just uh, what people would put a blindfold on people and uh, give them Coke and Pepsi and see what they prefer. So just remove uh, existing uh, biases completely because they they, they don't see any labels. And sure enough, they found in uh, in the vast majority of cases – Blindfolded, people preferred Pepsi, and then they turned that into an advertising campaign. And who wouldn't want to find out, hey, I'm a hardcore Coke drinker, but it turns out people just haven't really given Pepsi a shot. If they gave Pepsi a shot, they'd actually like it better. So it was tremendous for Pepsi sales. But notice, and this is the thing about marketing, so often, the best campaigns of all are research-based, so they um, they did a they did a meaningful study, and then the creative team was able to act on that yeah. and create uh, a spectacularly successful campaign. So th- that's how marketing tends to work. It isn't a bunch of guys with long hair getting high and dreaming up crazy ideas. <laughs> They've got to be uh, relevant. And, and surprising and smart and brand appropriate and, and responsive. Well, you have to find, and I think what, we, you know, what you just said hit around the mark again, you have to find that way of taking the scientific end of the marketing, which is what Pepsi did. Mm-hmm. Then they merged it with the creative mm-hmm. side of the advertising. Mm-hmm. So you got a little bit of both. So you, you knew there was science involved. You could trust the test that's being given or the test you're watch that you're watch watching being given and then you got the flair with the advertising that you know that went along with it because i remember people were dancing and singing as they walked outdoors 
But that that's a, a you know tremendous way of. Uh, of, of putting together a marketing campaign. And, yeah, and very often it comes down to asking a question, asking a new question, or even rephrasing the challenge, and that's what creative teams often do. So picture back to the Pepsi challenge. But somebody said, you know, let's say they had an anecdote that every time it seems uh, that people have tried both, I seem to hear that uh, they like Pepsi better. And then say, oh, wait, wait, what if, we, what if we actually do a study? Let's find out. Let's find out. We'll do, it, we'll do it quietly and see what happens if we do a legitimate study and see which one they really prefer. And we'll make it statistically valid. We'll get a large enough sample size because you need enough occurrences, obviously, if, you've got, if you run it by three people and two prefer Pepsis. That's not statistically valid. That may be an accident because we say in marketing the sample size is too small. So, uh, you know, they went out and, and, and did that. And, uh, and then Eureka, hey, we could turn this into a campaign. And that's really, you know, we talk a lot about and they get the emotion. organic ideas. Yeah. And you can see it was, there was that, that truth, that, uh, that revelation. It was, it was factual, and it was very compelling. It was emotion uh, is what it comes down to. Robert, we've got to take a break here, so stay with us on the flip side. We're going to talk about some more direct marketing ideas, things that we've seen over the years. You're listening to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my guest is Robert Rosenthal. He has written the book, Opti Marketing. We'll be right back. This is Brian Zwan, president of Penn Liberty Bank. Penn Liberty Bank is a locally owned and operated bank committed to supporting vital not-for-profit organizations in our community. Since 2004, Penn Liberty Bank has contributed over $2 million in charitable donations and sponsorships to hundreds of not-for-profit organizations. Let me introduce our client, Patricia Roberts, executive director and co-founder of AIM Academy, located in Conshohocken. Thank you, Brian. As you know, AIM Academy is extremely pleased with the level of service that Penn Liberty Bank provides. Your response to each request has been profound professional and timely. We have had a number of different banking and financing needs and Penn Liberty has made the process easy to implement. As a head of school for children who learn differently, I appreciate the flexibility that your partnership provides AIM Academy. Penn Liberty is the ideal community partner and takes this responsibility seriously. Thank you, Pat. To find out how Penn Liberty Bank can help you, visit us at PennLibertyBank.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Stop slapping yourself silly and fight back. Get Mosquito Shield and take back your yard. Mosquito Shield is the industry-leading, professionally sprayed, and proven residential mosquito control. It's 99.97% natural and 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Learn more about our full-season protection plan and experience what, ah, feels like for yourself. Call Mosquito Shield of Southeastern Pennsylvania, 484-947-2939, or visit MoShield.com today. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. 
Are you tired of looking up at that old, streaky, stained, tired, ugly roof? Tired of that ugly roof taking away from your home's curb appeal? GP Martini Roofing wants to solve your curb appeal woes with a new roof built with Atlas Pristine Shingles featuring Scotchgard Protector from 3M. The only shingle with a lifetime limited warranty against algae streaks and stains. GP Martini's crews are highly trained professional installers of asphalt shingle roofs, and now with the power of Atlas Shingles and Scotchgard Protector from 3M, GP Martini will install a roof that will provide the lasting color you choose for as long as you're in your home. Let GP Martini Roofing have a look at that nagging leak or just call to consult about upgrading the look for your prized investment. Call them today, 610-873-1696. Whether your need is residential or commercial, GP Martini Roofing has the expertise in-house to solve your problem or to simply make your home or office look its best. 610-873-1696. That's the number to call, 610-873-1696. And one of those GP Martini trucks will be on its way to you. Hi, this is Carrie Aninava, and you're listening to 1520. Welcome back to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Averly. Today we are talking marketing with Robert Rosenthal. He has written the book Opti Marketing. Robert, tell us a little bit about the book. What what are we going to learn if we get the book? What are what you know? What's behind the scenes here? Oh well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Opti marketing is a term that we uh, coined around the idea of optimizing every major marketing element. And uh, early on, uh, I noticed that a lot of marketers were good at just one or couple perhaps of the major contributors to marketing outcomes. So they might have nailed the creative side, but uh, really uh, didn't do very well on on more scientific aspects like testing and media forth. So the idea, the idea, can can you hear me okay? Yeah, good. Mm -hmm. Okay. The idea behind optimizing is to nail all major elements. So some of the major elements, for example, include the creative side, the offer or the appeal that is made as a, uh, as a next step, uh, the media, you know, what are, what are we using? Is it online media, offline media, some combination, etc. cetera, the, uh, the use of, uh, of technology, the people side of it, and, and, and so on. Really a, a handful of major elements. And uh, so uh, that was it, a book on marketing optimization and uh, making the most of what you've got. And that hits it pretty well on the mark because having gone through it, uh, you do, you hit on all the different uh, ways of marketing, what marketing's about, how to take a product and how to go in this direction, how to go in that direction. Because I agree with you. I think there are a lot of people out there who are good at maybe one or two or a half a dozen different tactics, but you really have to have a lot in your arsenal these days in order to get a product launched and be able to have a good marketing campaign go along with it. Would you agree? Yeah, and you've also, yes, and you also have to approach marketing without any biases. A lot of times people are comfortable with 
uh, one approach. Let's say, for example, uh, I, you know, I've loved Google AdWords. You know, those ads that appear when you do a Google search and jumped on that early on. And you've got a lot of other people that learn that. Some people really, that's largely. Uh, what they've known uh, about about advertising. So they've learned that tool, and that tool has evolved over time. And the the issue, though, is that uh, that will be for uh, particular situations, and that's not very relevant in all cases. So just yesterday I was speaking with the uh, president of a, uh, of a startup, and he said, uh, that he's been hearing from people who just want to largely use Google Search, but he doesn't think it's going to be appropriate because he's introducing something new that people aren't really searching for because they've never heard of it. Steve Jobs used to say that he couldn't do research studies on products that didn't exist and people hadn't even imagined let me ask you then. Um, well, first, Robert, let me ask you this. Where can we get a copy of your book, OptiMarketing? OptiMarketing is available in paperback or Kindle version on Amazon.com, and it's priced really well because the priority was to get it out there. So the paperback, 188 pages, the paperback is $9.99, the Kindle version is just $2.99. I recommend it to any uh, kid who's taken. Uh, uh, business classes, marketing classes. This is definitely something to pick up and go through. It's a very easy, relaxing read, and you'll definitely pick up a lot of different tips uh, to bring into your class with you because class teaches one thing, and then you leave class and you hit the real world, and that's when everything becomes totally different. What you learned in class is totally irrelevant. So having something like what Robert has put together, again, I highly recommend to any students out there studying marketing, studying advertising, studying business. Now, with that said, Robert, do you have a website people could go to? I do. I've got uh, multiple websites. Uh, my agency website is contenters.com, the word content, followed by E-U-R-S, as in Sam.com. I also have an author site, robertjrosenthal.com. Now, kind of, kind of like a, a two-part question here. First, how did your childhood prepare you for what you were going to do for the rest of your life, getting into marketing? And then on the flip side of that, in your opinion, what type of personality, what type of person thrives in a marketing job, in a marketing environment? Mm. Well, let's see. I started, I started life in a, in a ghetto. Uh, we were, uh, there were seven of us in a, in a collection of railroad rooms in Passaic, New Jersey, corner Monroe and Myrtle, uh, near the Capitol Theater, if anyone recalls that area. And uh, then we moved uh, to, uh, to Clifton when I was little. Still, though, in a small, tiny house, seven of us, one bathroom, usually no money, and the cool thing, though, was that I learned, I learned about uh, this huge cross-section of America because it was, a, it, was a, it was a fairly diverse area. So, and my mother was uh, like a, like a, like a small-town mayor. So these interesting people would walk in, and my parents uh, were interested in everyone. 
they just loved people being with them, listening to them. So we had this little table in this little dining room. And they did. so you literally, one Saturday morning, you could have a world-renowned skin cancer researcher sitting at the table, and another another day it could be um, my brother's friend who um, who was a grave digger at the cemetery up the hill, and everybody everybody was uh, welcome, and I. I think that uh, you've got to, as a marketer, you've got to know about consumer impulses. And I just, I understood, I understood what motivates people, their, uh, you know, what they dream about, uh, their struggles, and uh, and and I think having a degree of empathy uh, helps. So I recall when I first went to a New Jersey casino and and saw the crowd of people that came in on the buses. And, you know, that, casinos, of course, are a great laboratory to understand consumer, consumer behavior. And, I, and I'm looking at them and realizing, oh, my God, that's, that's my area. Those are the people I, they're exactly they, they like the people I grew up with. And that's a tremendous thing. You just hit it on it again, uh, where having empathy for people, being able to look into a room and see five totally different individuals in that room, but being able to find a way to relate to each one of them in your own mm-hmm. different way. It's definitely a gift, uh, a skill that gets honed over the years as you as you do this type of work. Now, as far as marketing goes over the last 50, 60 years, Going back to when you know watching TV shows about advertising agencies and marketing agencies, how much has really changed in the approach, the tactics, maybe, maybe the way we go directly about it? But how about just you know the basic approach? How much has truly changed? Well, it's a mixed bag uh, for fans of uh, Mad Men. The Marketing is still largely a business of ideas. One idea, one idea can launch an industry and transform a business. An idea can lead to a campaign that runs successfully for years. One idea could make a business that was not profitable, profitable. And that's been the case for a long time. The go back 50 years, there was a lot of science to marketing. The Wall Street Journal, for example, was available. I've run at least four different ads in the Wall Street Journal at one time to figure out which ad would be best. And you can continue to do that. Wall Street Journal happens to be a great testing vehicle. The big so a lot of the fundamentals still exist. Marketing 50 years ago was an art and a science. They, they counted up they, they counted up how media was performing. But there was that famous saying uh, 50 years ago that was so true then. Half my advertising is a waste. Trouble is, I don't know which half. And today, thanks to technology, you're able to get more of the answers. It's easier faster and cheaper to run marketing tests. You know, some people can go on Google 
and, they, and test three different advertisements. And depending on the exposure they get, within in under 24 hours, they're able to declare a, uh, a winner and have statistically valid results on, on which ad uh, won. Uh, so technology also automates a lot of uh, things that people have forever wanted to do. For example, 50 years ago, everybody knew quote-unquote segmentation mattered so if you were if if you were marketing to a particular uh, audience you'd cut it up into sub-interests and uh, the people for example who uh, were um, were traveling who would you know wanted to go to uh, to Europe for example if you knew where in Europe they wanted to travel to obviously it was more productive to have different appeals for people who wanted to go to London versus Rome and the so-called conversion rate would be higher with those segmentation schemes with messages that appeal to their particular interests so you were so able I'm going to cut, done, yeah, I'm, I'm to cut today, you off Robert there we, we, we got to roll into the break there what you're basically saying you're able to streamline the process and make yeah, it more it direct there we go. You're listening to Life on Ed. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my guest is Robert Rosenthal. We are talking marketing. Be back in a few moments. Hi, my name is Nicole Zell, and I'm the new host of Soundstage. Every Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m., we'll be featuring local musicians and upcoming artists. That's Soundstage every Thursday, 4 to 5 p.m., with me, Nicole Zell, on WCHE 1520 AM, the talk of Chester County. What do I want? I want to be seen faster. I want to spend as little time in the waiting room as possible. Less waiting. More taking care of me. At Brandywine Hospital, you'll find a 30 minutes or less ER service pledge. 30 minutes or less? You can even find our average ER wait time online or with your mobile device. Don't wait when you need care fast. Turn to Brandywine Hospital. Learn more at brandywinehospital.com. Tune in for The Britain Project every Wednesday at 12.15 and Saturday at 12. She has the latest in fashion, beauty, fitness, entertainment, and lifestyle. Plus, you never know what celebrity will call in to join the conversation. Like country music star Darius Rucker talking about the cast of Duck Dynasty in his Wagon Wheel music video. It was my wife's idea. She knew how much I loved the show. and Actually, when she said it to me, I was like, they're never going to do that. Two days of shooting and it was the most fun I've ever had making a video. Or actress Hayden Panettiere, the star of Nashville, talking about how she wants to separate her love of music from the character she plays. Country music's a passion of mine, and it's a road that I would like to explore. Right now, I'm concentrating on the show, and who knows, maybe down the road, I will enter down that road as Hayden. Or some of the cast of CMT's Party Down South talking about all of the hot new details from their latest season. Athens, Georgia was close to home for a lot of it. You know, where, like, we had dirt and mud, and there was country, a lot of country stuff for us to do, so it's easy for us to just kind of fall into play. You don't want to miss The Brin Project every Wednesday at 12.15 and Saturday at 12, right here on WCHE 1520. Hey, what's up? This is Darius Rucker. with the WCHE 1520 AM.
Welcome back to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my guest is Robert Rosenthal. We are talking marketing, and Robert has written a book, Opti Marketing. Robert, please tell us again where we can get a copy of the book and one of your websites, please. Okay. The, you can get it on Amazon, either in paperback or Kindle. It's priced to move, two ninety nine on Kindle, and just nine ninety nine paperback. And my author website is robertjrosenthal.com. And again, I suggest to any students out there that are taking business classes, advertising, marketing classes, definitely a great book to pick up. It's a quick read. It's a relaxed read. It gives you a lot of different insight that you might not be picking up in your class, not because your professor isn't good, just because the real world is a little bit different than the controlled environment of a classroom. So I'm saying get a chance, pick it up. Uh, Robert, now, you know, marketing is... You're looking for the emotional, the psychological connections to a product. Mm. Now, as time has gone on, methods have changed, the world has changed, consumers are more eh, suave compared to what they might have been 25, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Definitely a lot more skeptical. Mm-hmm. What direction is marketing taking now to kind of offset that? I mean, what, where can you go now to try to still have some sort of sway over the skeptical purchaser, consumer? Mm, great question. Well, first of all, psychology, and I, I, I think you picked a, a great uh, intro music there, uh, was the Sweet Emotion, uh, which is also a section of the book. The, uh, so... When I was a marketing major, professors said for decades, studies found emotional and psychological ideas often resonate more than than feature function. So if you're selling a computer, it tends to be more compelling to explain what the computer will do for you, how it will benefit you, how it will change your life, rather than simply how the computer works. Uh, But a big shift uh, is... Uh, consumers have way more control than they had even 15 years ago. And uh, so uh, in the, uh, we had a discussion, a couple of us had a discussion yesterday, how when you went to buy a car 25 years ago, what would you do? You went to, a, uh, you went to an auto dealer, uh, you, you walked out, you, and then you sat there, and they tried to keep you there and get you to buy the car on the spot and even put a lot of pressure on you. And maybe you didn't succumb to that pressure and went to, you grabbed the brochure, wrote down some information, went to another dealer. Today you're doing all this research online before you even get to the dealer. You've got, you've got control. You've got access to information. So, the, you know, the funny thing about uh, the way business executives, business owners behaved when social media took off. It was a widespread fear. They didn't want to get involved in it because they figured, what if people say nasty stuff about us, which is legitimate. Hey, if if I get into this arena, people could be publicly critical of us, and that stuff, that, that can be pretty tough to see, and it doesn't tend to go away. But uh, what we said then, and it's still true now, they're doing it no matter what. 
So you're, and you're either choosing to be a participant or a spectator on the sideline observing. So it's better to actually get involved. So it's important to recognize that consumers have all that control. And what you want to do is help them uh, become better informed, educate them. So it used to be you, you created the brochure and you kept pushing the brochure, pushing that product pitch, as I say in the book, sell, sell, sell. Now every marketer has to ask, how do we be as helpful, as valuable as possible? So instead, let's, the marketer has, has to look within and say, what can we, how can we educate in ways that are going to be genuinely useful? And, uh, and, 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 and even unbiased. How do we give good information? You know, a lot of people, they'll share third-party information, and that way it's, it's obvious. They're, uh, on that, they, they are uh, often content curators. They're even creating websites in their uh, subject category so that people who are um, their audience can come and learn about a topic, and maybe uh, and, and and the exchange is that periodically they'll they'll promote themselves, or maybe they'll run a little banner ad to promote themselves. But overwhelmingly, it's an experience designed to educate and be useful. So you either, as I say, in Opti Marketing, either add value or or you're irrelevant. Well, you've also uh, with today's marketing, you're also looking at helping people a lot of times now, individuals uh, and companies, brand themselves. And we'll get into that in a moment, that, that, uh, mm-hmm. that term right now. But marketing campaigns are also built around PR damage that's been done, trying to fix something that happened. And you made a good point earlier about the Internet. And, you know, the truth is, you can be sky high one moment, you're the new boy on the block, or you got a new take on a product, whatever it may be, and then something happens, whether it's your fault or not, the next thing you know, you're down, and you're trying to recover, and that's where a good marketing campaign comes in that tries to help with the PR damage. Now, is that something that marketing's become more involved in? Is that like uh, another step in the evolutionary process now because of the Internet and how fast we're moving today? You've got to be a good listener. So you, you have to be aware of what the public is saying about you. Uh, but it's important not to go into panic mode when someone says something uh, that isn't flattering. Uh, the example that comes to mind is, and some of your small business listeners should be able to relate to this. Take Yelp, a, um, a barber shop, and customer gets a haircut, goes in for the first time, and uh, didn't like the barber's personality, walked out and said, I don't even think the haircut was pretty awful. Now it's going to take three months for my hair to get back to normal. Okay, and that is published on Yelp. Now, uh, a lot of barbers would freak out if that happened, and and, and they're not able to remove that. Okay, so uh, what do you do about that? Well, what if the reality is that barber 
is an excellent barber who's been at it for a long time and has a big following. And that was some guy that didn't like him and, uh, and, and was real difficult to please. So here's the reality. And I, I actually use the barbershop example in, in the book. The, if, if you are an excellent barber, um, let your customers know that, uh, that, that uh, you're um, on Yelp. They have the opportunity to review you. And statistically, if you've got, if you've got a big following, you're going to it'll, – it'll appear – uh, the reality will come through on uh, on Yelp, and a barber like the one I'm uh, the, uh, the hypothetical example I'm giving will will tend to have a four or four and a half star uh, review level on, on Yelp and look great. And if if somebody if a, if a barber or anyone has all positive reviews. That actually has less credibility anyway, because people figure uh, he must have found a way to game the system. So in that example, even with that awful review, if it's overwhelmed by reality, it's fine. And that's what I mean, because now the barber has been proactive, because the barber's letting customers know, and even saying, somebody sitting in the chair says, this is the best haircut I've had in years, or my wife raves about the way I look when I walk out of here. The barber could say, hey, are you, you ever use Yelp? Oh, I love Yelp. Well, if you wouldn't mind going on there and repeating what you just told me, um, that, would be, that would be wonderful because other people would want to hear it. That's completely legitimate, and, but what you, what you don't want to ever do is you don't want to ever compensate people for reviews in any way. You don't want to feed them words or anything like that. Let people say what they really think. I like that. that you, and you got a good point. It's a double-edged sword. Unfortunately, with how the Internet works, Yelp is an example. There was just a case this week uh, in regards to a um, uh, hotel, I think, yeah. up in New Hampshire. Yeah, the whole Whoa. nine yards there. That was a pretty good one. Robert, we're going to kick out again and do another break. Okay. Then we're going to come back, finish up the final segment. You're listening to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my guest is Robert Rosenthal. We are talking about his book, Opti Marketing, and we'll be right back. Now is the time to go to your Kubota dealer and get a brand new Kubota M-Series tractor during Kubota's Gear Up and Go sales event. If you're thinking about a rugged utility tractor and the year-round comfort of a Grand X-Cab, then a new Kubota has your name on it. With a smooth-running diesel engine and IntelliShift transmission, your Kubota dealer is the place to start. Right now, get your own Kubota M-Series tractor for zero down and 0% financing for up to 60 months. So for a great deal, think orange at the Kubota Gear Up and Go sales event. For more information or to find a participating dealer, go to Kubota.com. Zero down, zero percent APR financing for terms up to 60 months on selected equipment now through September 30th, 2014. Not available for rental national accounts or government customers. Zero percent APR, low rate financing, not available with instant rebate offers. Financing available through Kubota Credit Corporation USA, subject to credit approval. Other exceptions may apply. For more information, call toll-free 1-888-465-8268. Lights, color, action. 
Citadel presents world-renowned artist Michael Israel on September 11th for the Live United in Color 2 event hosted by Penn Oaks Golf Club and sponsored by Certainty and CCRES, benefiting United Way of Chester County. Israel joins forces with United Way for an encore fundraising performance on September 11th where he jumps, splats, and spins his paintings to life. Audiences are kept spellbound until the final brushstroke reveals his masterpiece and brings everyone to their feet. VIP tickets will be available in July. Reserve your seat before another sold-out event. Proceeds benefit the United Way of Chester County's Community Investment Fund, which supports a network of programs and services in Chester County. Don't miss this premier event. Become a sponsor. Call Chris Salo at 610-429-9400 or go to liveunitedincolor2.org for more information. This event is expected to sell out quickly. Hey, I'm Melissa Rivers, and you are listening to 1520 AM. Welcome back to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my guest is Robert Rosenthal. He's written the book, Opti Marketing. We've been talking about different marketing strategies. Where does marketing fit in? along with advertising, along with sales. How much has it changed? I suggest you get a copy of Robert's book. And, Robert, you're going to give us, again, a place to get your book and your website, please? Sure. Uh, Opti Marketing is uh, on Amazon, paperback or Kindle version. And my author website is robertjrosenthal.com, just the initial day, robertjrosenthal.com. Excellent. Robert, uh Let's get into the catchphrase now that I have to say probably the Kardashians have made very popular. Brand. My brand. I'm branding. Uh, what does that mean? What, what does that mean to an individual, to a company, a corporation, to the consumer? Uh, so a brand has often been referred to as a promise and if uh, and I, I think that's uh, quite accurate. If I buy Oreos, I'm familiar. I'm intimately familiar with the Oreos brand. And if I buy it in Los Angeles or buy it in Framingham, Massachusetts, I don't think I'm going to get poisoned. I, I I expect the same experience, and uh, so. Brands tend to build trust. Brands eliminate uh, reluctance. And uh, so you've got all of us now that are in business. We are representing corporate brands and products, but we're also, we've also got a personal brand, and that affects how uh, customers view the products and services that we uh, represent. For example, your, uh, you know, your personal brand uh, comes down to how you, you know, behave when you go outside, how you conduct yourself online, uh, and people tend to buy from individuals that they like and respect. So you're either uh, you're either doing well on that front or uh, or making a, a negative contribution. So it's something people have to. Uh, about and make, make good decisions and just how they, uh, they, you know, how they, how they manage their personal brand. 
Well, that's interesting because basically, in my mind, that comes down to just being who we're supposed to be to begin with. And the idea is to, mm-hmm. yeah, just as human beings, to go about your business, to do it consistently. When you screw up, say you're sorry. I mean, to me, it seems like we've just come full circle back to the way it it was perceived to be for the longest time. And now it is, and it's just got a new catchphrase saying branding to it. But do you think the way it's being kicked around again as it's coming back at us, is this a good thing, a benefit to the consumer's that this phrase branding is being used so openly and and what it represents? Well, the the term is often misunderstood. A lot of people in marketing actually confuse it. They'll they'll talk about a branding program that's really a new corporate graphic system. And when you think of contributions to a brand image, it is so much more than the graphic part. It's the product and the service and uh, a whole long list of, of, of things. So, Isn't it kind of like how we gauge a human being, yeah, another person? And, yeah, and, and also the, uh, uh, let me think. Yeah, it just seems like for me, while you're thinking, I'll fill it in there. It just seems like to me what you're doing, what's, what's coming around is, we're, we're, we're putting all the traits, what we look for, what we expect, what we want, what we respect into another human being, you know, that we want from another human being into a product or a service. And I think that also people are watching very carefully the, uh, you know, the behavior of those who represent these, uh, these companies. So, for example, if you... If you decided to go online on LinkedIn or something and continually just started pitching your product relentlessly over and over again, people would tune you out. And, you know, you, you touch on something fundamentally important, and that's authenticity. Yep. So now what if in representing your business people know that you've got interests, that you've got eclectic interests, and you even, you even host a um, – a radio program. I mean, you've, you've got the author of Opti Marketing on today. You once had the brother of the Unabomber on as a, as a guest. I mean, it can't get more diverse than that. And uh, so, and also, though, even even on LinkedIn, you know, if they get to know, we were talking about this yesterday. Even if they they get to know more about you and your and your family and your passions, and they like you more, in a lot of cases, that is going to be really, really good for your company. So you, you nailed it. Uh, personal brand management, uh, authenticity is so important. Well, it is. I mean, and again, having been involved with sales and marketing for the last 20, over the 20 years, now sales, it'll be, it has been said, and I agree with this, people buy from whom they like. They trust. Now, you always have to have competitive pricing, and you got to make sure the products are what they are. But in the end, people are going to buy from who they feel comfortable with because a lot of times it's not the sale itself at that moment that is the end-all, be-all key to this. The question is, what if there is a problem? How will this person respond? Will they come and help me the way they've promised? Will the company stand behind their product it's it it really is like working with people as Mm -hmm. individuals because we expect all of those traits to be there in human beings Mm -hmm. and and it it, it's just a fact you're right 
in what you said earlier, it's just a fascinating way. There's so much involved, science and psychology. I mean, again, I broke it down the best way I could, I think, for the common person to understand this. Marketing is the planning, is uh, the study, the tactics. They're the generals. The marketers are the generals of the war with the consumer, so to speak. Advertising, that's your creative people. They're trying to make the connection. If you want to look at that in a military way, they're the propaganda team. They're your PR team. Your sales team, they're, they're the foot soldiers. They're the ones out there doing the work. They're on the front lines. And, you know, it's, it's funny, and you probably agree with me on this. I have seen tremendous marketing campaigns that have completely failed at some point during the advertising part of it and in the sales end. And then I've seen products that never should have been marketed and somehow the sales team was able to do something with it. How important do you think that the two go together, the sales and the marketing? Surely it should be marketing and sales because that's what comes first. But what's your thought on that? Yeah, they're really linked to in the early days. Uh, it was uh, advertising was uh, defined as, uh, let's see, the first definition was keeping your name uh, before the public, and then later it was defined as salesmanship in print because early advertising people were learning for, from the sales reps in creating a, uh, a surrogate. And uh, I think what's happened, you know, as long as we're talking about personal brands, and this is true of advertisers, Advertising, every decade, seems to become more authentic. And actually, I I think the same has been true of popular music. And so the the best campaigns are not created by propagandists, but are created by people who are trying to educate and, uh, and inform honestly. You know, without the BS, yeah. and and the same is true of, uh, of of people when managing their their personal uh, brand. So you know, I know our shop. We're looking we're looking to grow great ideas that are grounded in reality, and uh, because uh, people are gonna people are gonna filter out the. Yeah, there, there isn't, because with today's advanced technology, you can look up your questions and get your answers very quickly, mm-hmm. and you can eliminate someone who's BSing you pretty quickly. And in today's business environment, when it's business to business, a lot of times, as you know, you're talking you know, large contracts, lots of things going on. And, you know, if someone picks up that you're BSing them, or you're trying to steer them in a place they really don't want to be. You know, I've seen meetings end on those notes right there. Yeah, and I, I point out in Opti Marketing the example of the Volkswagen, one of the great campaigns of all time, the Lemonade. What's about is the, you see, readers saw a photo of, of a Volkswagen Beetle with the headline above it, Lemon. And it was about the fact that the car had this slight 
imperfection, like a discoloration, and an inspector picked it up, and the thing went all the way back to the factory in Germany because of that, and they referred to it as a lemon. But what it revealed was a meticulous attention to, uh, to detail, and it often pays for advertisers to reveal their imperfections uh, because then when they talk about their advantages, they have more credibility. You know, it's it's the truth. You're better off. It's always the cover-up that gets you. <laughs> yeah, it's never what exactly what you did. It's the cover-up. And, you know, I, I do want to share something with you, Robert. I actually thought of this, oh, God, several years ago. And, and I actually find it quite funny myself, and some friends of mine do as well. Uh, you know, having been in sales and marketing all these years, and obviously you, um, you know, people sit there and say, well, the oldest profession, the oldest profession is prostitution. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. The oldest profession is sales and marketing or marketing and sales. Before she could do anything in the oldest profession, she had to market it, then she had to sell it. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we are the oldest profession in the mm-hmm. world, the people who do the sales and marketing. Yeah, I, I agree. And, uh, and there, the cool thing about it is in marketing, actually, and in sales, there's this enormous amount of knowledge out there uh, because a lot of people they who, who practice it and learn stuff, it's human nature. You want to share what you've learned and make the next generation better informed. And so for the people who want to be great at it, one of the things I did early on was I realized these, uh, these people who had done great things in the advertising and marketing fields, they, uh, they wrote books. And so David Ogilvy, for knowledge. example, they shared yeah, their knowledge. And, and I'm going to cut and you off. That gave me, as he, yeah. You know, it's a young guy starting out. All of a sudden, I'm a lot more experienced. There you because are. Because the, the best life experience. lessons those guys had from decades of experience. You got it. Robert, Robert, I appreciate it. we got to cut you off here. The show has ended. I appreciate it. Listen, have a great weekend. You've been listening to Life on Adam, your host, John Averly. Today, my guest was Robert Rosenthal. He's written the book, Opti Marketing. You can find it on Amazon.com. I'll be back next week.